Extra, extra, read all about it. The NPCs are doing yet another of the year award for 2020 podcast. That's right, folks. For the week of December 19th, 2020, we are back at it to decide which of the items in this list earns one of our awards for the year. In this episode, it's time for us to rewind the newsreels, review the breaking stories, and determine which video game news stories were the biggest of 2020. My name is Travis, and of course, I am joined by the lovely Preston. What's up? And the beautiful Kyle. Beautiful, huh? I get to see your face more often than uh, than Preston's because oh. of doing the news and such. So uh, yeah. I figure it's like it, it's kind of a nice way to do that. I mean, Preston's okay. still lovely and, and beautiful in his own way. I just haven't seen him in forever. So he could be, you know, it could go either way. So I figured lovely was a nice middle ground. Let's move along. This is really Oh, dear. Anywho. Anywho. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah, got a lot of news here this year, guys, especially in the grand scheme of what has been the weirdest year, I think, for, for any of us throughout our entire, honestly, for our entire lifetimes here. Being in the middle of a pandemic has allowed us to be locked in and essentially play quite a few more video games than we probably have played in previous years. Um and of course, that goes with that is that the video game cycle continues on as well. And a lot of big things occurred in this world, not only because of the pandemic, but uh, some things that we probably didn't even expect in the first place. So with that, let's go through our list of what are the biggest news stories of 2020. And then we'll start whittling things down. Preston, can you what? go ahead and read our list, please? I guess. For biggest news story, we have Xbox buys Bethesda. The new console launch problems, COVID canceling E3, Valorant anti-cheat software, Cyberpunk dicks and tits, Nintendo Land opening, Nintendo source code source uh, <coughs> excuse me Nintendo source code source code leak. What does this one say? Oh, Infinity War Activision promises crackdown on racism in modern warfare. Sega made a Game Gear Micro EA slash Valve partner to e- add EA games to Steam. Dr. Disrespect banned from Twitch. The MLB The Show audience noise used as stadium background noise due to the pandemic. G4 TV comes back. Apple and Epic Games fight over Fortnite. Doom runs on a pregnancy test. Doom runs on a fridge. Halo (laughs) Infinite delayed to 2021. (sighs) Untitled Goose Game gets local co-op via Second Goose physical release. Nintendo discontinues the 3DS. Blizzard founder starts new game company with old devs. Mm-hmm. Twitch DMCA issues. Sega shows off Venus handheld. I'm deleting it just to get it off of there because that was just no, mostly the fuck. No, I with want you, to Preston. vote for it. Get it off this fucking. I get to cut that first. <laughs> you will not take that away from me. <laughs> no, no, it should be on there. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> for the love of all honks. You fucking. Bunch of bitches. God damn it. (laughs) Praise be to the bells. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, that's why I had Preston read off the list there, Kyle, was because uh, I really wanted to make sure that, you know, we could hit him one last time with something Untitled Goose Game related before we hit the... This is one last time bullshit. You're going to do it next week, too. (laughs) Just wait till number two comes out. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. I can't. It's so good. I guess I have to have it now. (laughs) All right, guys. Let's so take a look here. So we want to cut first, here. guys. 
Man, oh, there's so much here in the news that happened this year. Um, okay, so I linked a lot of stuff here on our list. So if you guys need to go back and look at anything in a little bit more detail, of course, you guys can go ahead and pop that open. Uh, but Preston, you've got it listed here, Cyberpunk Dicks and Tits. What exactly Just was the glitch that? problems that Cyberpunk is actually going through right now. <laughs> All of its bugs and shit. I just put Dicks and Tits because that's the best of the bugs. Where where you're where if you are well endowed you uh you're basically just like <laughs> leaking out of your pants. <laughs> what a cool fucking glitch! <laughs> I have I have a story I have a story not necessarily about the glitch in that but it's still Cyberpunk 2077. So anyway, so there are little um uh street vendor terminals you can go to to sell equipment that you have in your inventory, whether it's weapons, clothing, uh junk that you find on the ground, whatever you can go there and you can sell that stuff out. Well. I sold off a pair of pants that I was equipped with, and I didn't really think anything about it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell these because I got one one set that has uh, a better thing of armor or, or like has a better armor rating to it. So I sold it and did that. And then I went off and did a story mission of – I can't exactly remember where I was at in the story mission. Uh, but I had to do something that still involved a brain dance. And uh, I had no pants on the entire time. So here I am in bulletproof armor, a long sleeve shirt, military boots, and no underwear, just with my cock hanging out in there. And I'm like, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> I completely forgot about it. Because I'm, uh, what was it? I was in, uh, how was it that I found out about it? Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the mirrors, like if you go into some of the bathrooms, you can actually turn on the mirror to actually get the reflection back of yourself and look. And um, so there I am, you know, and I'm bending over looking at myself. And then as soon as I actually like, step back away for the mirror to turn off, that's what I notice. I'm like half naked and just I'm I'm hanging out. So uh, yeah, I probably went through an entire <laughs> that is, story. That is so the most macho, I, intimidating thing you can do. <laughs> I apologize to Judy for that brain dance, especially because here she is getting me set up with it. Now here I am, uh, you know, just sitting in her van with uh, with everything hanging out. <laughs> I don't know, no man. It's, that. it's it's news how broken this fucking Ooh. game is, dude. It's still ongoing news, man. Yeah, it, it's still this is constant until this stuff gets fixed. This is going to be ongoing through at least the end of February. I bet this is fucking the public's fault, though. They fucking kept pressuring them to get the fucking game out and cyber. CG Project Red is like it's not ready, and they eventually. But the thing is, though, is going to they patch it out, and then they're pissed that it doesn't work. Still could have, they still could have pushed it off even longer and done so. They were getting death threats. Okay, like the public was really, really pissed at this point, and at a certain point, you just have to push the game out. So they're like, "Fine, we'll do it." Like it's the public's fault that it's so broken. I I guess you know I I was expecting to pick up the game. I didn't expect to pick it up launch day. Um, you know I, I wasn't one that yeah like I said I was going into it, but I was like okay you know what I got the money I'll grab it and do it. I didn't go crazy on the pre order. The death threat stuff I think Kyle and I had talked about in the news previously, um, but I, I pass it between the 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 public and the executive team of CD Projekt Red is where everything really got fucked up. I think the devs got screwed hard i think the actual dev team themselves got effed they weren't there, there was nobody listening to them or at least understanding what the ramifications would be and right. of course uh we talked about this of course just in the news on friday was specifically how 
uh, none of the reviewers had access to any version of of Cyberpunk 2077 except a PC version. The next-gen console stuff, they were only getting access to, like, close to the launch. And even the last-gen consoles, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, uh, reviewers didn't even get their hands on until the day before launch. So I would consider it have 50-50 of the public and the executive team. It's a big fuck-up. What do we think? Is it a top it is. three fuck-up? Not necessarily of this year, because the biggest thing I'd see about it is that this is still an ongoing thing. This is still an evolving story. Yeah, it's fucking great. So. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some tits. Oh, what do you think, Kyle? man. Uh, maybe hold off for a moment. I think there's other ones we can cut just yet. Mm-hmm. I think there, there um, might be a couple others here. I think I, I think I'd be okay with the uh, Sega showing off the Venus handheld. Uh, it was really cool, but it was such a minor thing in the presentation. Like, I really want to see more of it because I, I'm a Sega fanboy, and you know, just showing it off and then going oh yeah we had this thing and it just we never really did anything with it it's like well no go back to that <laughs> <laughs> so preston if you didn't see this one here i, d- I don't know if you actually read the this I did. news story I, or uh, not so just kind of put okay. it on and read a story on it okay okay yeah it was literally if you watch the video you only saw the the handheld for i think 20 to like 20 to 40 like seconds at to most 25 it, seconds. it didn't feel like much yeah because they were going through the history of every console release they've done for both home console and portables and it was like that was it yeah, but it, it was it was actually at least something that they were able to pull out of the vault and it's like well here is a near production model of this thing that we didn't yeah, give you guys it would have been full working and like literally it was a legit model like probably proof of concept type thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was almost but, there. Like, but I think really what's like like where did the Venus? You you would know Kyle because you're such a big Sega fan. Um, where was the Venus in release schedule alongside like say the Game Gear? Like, did was it supposed to come out before the Game Gear or after the Game Gear? Where where was it in in kind of the oh, the shoot. whole spectrum of release? I, I I don't recall off the video. Uh, I I want to say it was supposed to be after. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Well, in that spirit, I think we should also cut Sega made a Game Gear Micro. Yeah, I, w- I was probably actually going to go after that one next. Um, it was big news for a little thing, but not that big a news. I think it would have been bigger news for me if it was the uh, Dreamcast, if they would have been putting out a Dreamcast. God, if they put uh, out a Dreamcast Mini, mini that would have won the gear, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we can go ahead and do that. I think that's fine. I I put it on here because it's like, oh, Sega actually put out some hardware, but the only place you can get the hardware is in Japan, and right. it only has like I think what what did we find out like what four games on each of them, and that's it. Yeah, it was uh, four games on each of them, um, and then if you ordered all four or got all four together, you could get the. Uh, the the magnifying glass screen that that they actually made oh, for the yeah, original that's game right. gears but it was matched to the size obviously okay 
Well, it's gone. Um, okay. I I don't think it's a big news story, but I think it could probably go already now is um, Halo Infinite delayed to 2021. I think where this one was kind of a big story was that it was a Xbox Series X and S launch title that they pushed out only what felt like I think was a couple I think it was only a couple weeks before um the console was supposed no actually it was a little farther out it was uh, August 11th when they did that okay but it's kind of a pain in the ass that it wasn't there as a launch title it means we didn't get any it's like we didn't get anything with the Series X I mean we still got games even though they weren't first party but it's I would say compared to some of these others it's not a big one uh I agree yeah I almost expected it. Yeah, it's a sad one, unfortunately, because I was really looking forward to it, but oh well. Uh, I think the uh, Nintendo discontinues the 3DS could probably go. That that was a sad day, but it was like, we knew it, you was, knew it coming. was coming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, y- you know, when they're like, oh, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to make any more models. It's like, we'll start the timer. You know, yeah, no kidding. It's it was I think it was a little bit of a surprise just to kind of see it hit and kind of like realize like, wow, is this possibly it for for standalone Nintendo like handhelds, especially because of all of the um, all of the effort being put forth on the Nintendo Switch anyway, as it had been, you know, is is this it for what has been basically like the the legacy of the Game Boy I mean, I, I don't know what we're going to see after this, if yeah. anything. So it's just, it was one that I think is just kind of like thinking it's like, wow, it's like a, a, the handheld just is, is out of there. But, you know, it, it definitely, it's time was coming. So definitely uh, I think it's that MLB, the show audience noise uses stadium background. Uh, that's a cool little thing, but I don't think that's the biggest news of the year. No, it's not. It was just a neat thing that it's like, oh, they brought in MLB the show, you know, and extracted the audience sound that they had pulled from stadiums and mixed that into the uh, stadium sound system. So that way, at least the players kind of had something to hear that that they were used to. You know, it was it was just to kind of help the the whole point of it really was to help kind of um, help them play, you know, so that way, at least they felt like things were back to normal in some fashion. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it's a cool little thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and cut off of here the Infinity Ward, Activision, uh, racism in modern warfare, uh, story. So the whole premise behind that one, anyway, was that the and this is where I found this so ridiculous because Kyle, I I went on a massive rant about this in our news stream. Uh, I mm-hmm. think you remember this one, but. The whole thing is that it took so long for them to finally come out and say, hey, this is a problem and we need to address it. And, of course, there's been all the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, like the push forward on stuff this year, uh, George Floyd protest, everything that's been going on. And, um, you know, Infinity Ward and Activision finally speak up. And it's like it's like, guys, this has been going on in every single one of your games, going back to even the original Modern Warfare. And it's it's only taken you till now to finally go in and look at it. I mean, it's not necessarily that hard of a thing to fix i mean your terms of service say one thing but it's not like you can't go in and change the code to say that if someone types in a a, a derogatory term as a tag or ha, you know it, that they could easily be like that could easily be said hey you can't use that or you can't do that 
you know it, it's not like it was that hard yeah but saying and doing are two it, different things <laughs> yeah and I, I will tell you right now it's still not fixed yet either um yeah. because voice chat is still another thing and that is going to rely more on user reporting anyway to to address but it's right. just like it was a big story for the year because like okay they said something but it's like why why the fuck did it take you so long it's just it was yeah still frustrating because they're a company and they go off of reports they don't go looking for problems no company does that really yeah they rely they rely on the public to tell them the times and what needs to be changed what what kind of things need to start happening that's that's just the way the world is yeah that that's almost like uh them being reactionary i feel like well, they should be proactive in the sense that it's like they should easily be like be able to actually code something into the system anyway, just like there is for Microsoft with, you know, you can't have a gamer tag that, that has anything right. derogatory in it. You can't have anything there. It's easy enough for them to have well, gone in and Halo, have that. That's probably one of the best examples of it. You can't even like even tags for, you know, your personal tag. Mm-hmm. It won't let you put anything that's even semi derogatory in. Yeah, like you can't yeah, you can't put so. anything in. Like like if you if you did a sh- like cuz you can only do four characters in the the clan tags in um in Modern Warfare and Warzone. Um you know, it's easy enough that it's like if you tried to do a shorthand of the N-word as your clan tag, obviously the system should be able to pick that up whether it's using special characters to try to like hide it or something. It should right. be able to say, "No, you can't do that. Pick another one." You know, exactly. it should be it's, it's an easy thing. I just again, it's just one of those things that it's like it took you this long to finally get there, but that's just, again, that's just me. Um, all right, let's see what else we have here. Huh? Uh, I, I, what about the Valorant, uh, anti-cheat software? I mean, other than, you know, a, a, I think it was a, actually a phony video of someone's, uh, computer blowing up. Uh, I did not see saying, that one. Yeah. The, the, there was a there. I I saw a phony video of, of someone's computer blowing up, and they were going on about how it was it was Valorant that uh, did it. I mean, it was big for like a week, but then you never really heard anything about it. So it was like either everyone stopped caring, or they actually did something about it, and and you know quit the fact that it was you know doing stuff at the kernel level of your computer. That's the part yeah. I think that makes it a bigger story is that it did is that it was something that started up with with Windows that, you know, it didn't start up like a regular application and it had to run even if you weren't playing Valorant. That that itself is is a big problem because it's more you of know, a somebody yeah, yeah, it's is that someone could find an exploit to that. I mean, like in the news right now, there's uh there's this um, you know, there's this big hack that's been going on because of something embedded within a network monitoring tool called SolarWinds. And within that tool itself was just this little bit of code that was hidden away so well that it basically escaped sight up until a certain point here. You know, it took nine months for them to actually see it. You know, if someone could exploit that within the anti-cheat software that Valorant developed, that's a lot of computers you're going to screw over. Yeah. But I don't know, like, what the level of Valorant players are right now or if the rest of Riot's games, like League of Legends really being the big one, does it have the same um, uh, anti-cheat software that that's so um, 
that's so in depth and, and so ingrained into the operating system, you know, is it, is that know. also I, issuing like a it problem? was big news. I just, I don't feel like it was that impactful if it still has such a high player basis, you know, that's very true. That That's also very true is that we've been this far into the year now since Valorant dropped and yeah, I agree. I think it's it's seems like it maybe they've tweaked things so it's not as invasive. Maybe they've maybe they've adjusted it too. I, yeah, I'm not sure. It was almost right? like it that that whole news got brushed under the rug. Like whatever happened to that? I wonder if you something know, is it okay big for happened? me to install Valorant and not worry about someone in someone else you know gaining access to my computer and installing ransomware down to the kernel level? You know. Hmm. Yeah, so. that's a, that's very true. Yeah, if it was still the big thing, we'd still be hearing a lot about it. Now, you're absolutely right. That's that's a good point. Just at that point in time, especially, it was like, what the hell? But yeah, yeah. understood. Um, I'm going to recommend Doom Runs on a Fridge to go. That one's just a quirky little one. Um, because, of course, in the, the world that we live in now, of course, your fridge has to have a screen in it. Um it's funny yeah, that someone and, was able to do that. You know, that. that one was totally possible anyway. It's running it, – I mean, it. they did it on – I believe it was a Samsung fridge. And those run on a version of Android OS anyway. So it's easy enough to sideload an APK and, you know, boom, you're running, you know, Xbox Game Pass. So Yeah. And the well, fact that you could actually – test wizard, right? The pregnancy test one can go too, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because the one on the fridge, those are goofy like, though. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like that. I really loved them. the The whole reason I I like those those types of articles is sometimes I like to bring lighthearted fun and into the news. So, no, and those, those are funny it's ones. Like, what the fuck? Well, it's the fact that it's like you could actually not only sideload like with the runs on a fridge one, you could sideload game pass and stream doom eternal from the cloud onto it, but that you could also tie a Bluetooth controller to it. And I was showing this to my wife. I'm like, Hey, you've been talking about wanting like a screen in the, in the kitchen and that's, so, you know, you could put on Netflix and such. I got this here as an option, but you know, those fridges mm. started like 2,500 to $3,000. So it's like, mm, just to play games on and watch Netflix in the kitchen. Uh, maybe not. So, right. Yeah, probably not that. But then the pregnancy test one is also just as funny, though, because they were able to get it and actually see uh, just how much power the the little pregnancy test had on it. And, of course, in black and white, there it is, Doom running on it. Someone even actually got the opening to Skyrim, I think, running on it, too. Uh, that was on a uh, keyboard. That was on oh, a Logitech oh, keyboard. that's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Someone actually – okay, my mistake. I thought that was also there, too. Yeah. Okay. That, but yeah, those those fun, though, too. those are real those are goofy ones for sure. Okay, let's see. I don't know, we're getting to a point now that it it's almost like Doom is becoming the new will it blend? Like <laughs> will it run Doom? <laughs> it's always been that way, man. That's it, always been the question, you know, for doing PC performance, it's always been, you know, can it run Crisis? Of course, that's changed now to can it run Cyberpunk? Um, you know, and, and, uh, nothing can, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing can, <laughs> it's now become how bad can cyberpunk break your system? Uh, but uh, doom has always been that way. Doom has always been a running joke, especially in the tech yeah. community. Um, what was it? There was a, um, uh, what was it? What was the comic series? Um, 
there's a comic series like they were looking at some sort of alien technology and kind of reviewing it. And this IT guy is back there. He's like, I got Doom running on it. So <laughs> it's like that's the priority for any new piece of tech is if you can run that old ass game on it, then go for it. Yep. Oh, uh, all right. It's capable uh, of anything. Yeah. All right. So let's look through here on this. Um, Nintendo Land opening. It's so cool. <laughs> it, it, it did is you watch cool. the? Did you guys watch the recent video? I haven't had a chance yet. I really okay. want to. The sh- with uh, Miyamoto w- walking through with you. Yeah. So Shigeru Miyamoto yeah. does a 15 minute tour of uh, of Super Nintendo Land in Japan, um, and shows off that you can get like this uh, NFC enabled bracelet uh, that actually ties into your phone and ties into these activities throughout the park. Um, shows off um, a couple of the, or what is it? Shows off one of the rides, shows off more of like the aesthetics of things too. Uh, and you know how like the 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 platforms and displays above that show off, um, like, you know, you've got the, the Goombas walking back and forth. You got the Koopa Troopas walking back and forth and you got the coins rotating around. I guess one of those interactive ones, like, you know, you're punching the bottom of this POW block and it's supposed to be at the right time when the green shell is going back and forth between this pipe. You hit it just right. The Goomba or the, the Koopa shell goes up, hits the POW block above there and knocks over the Koopa. And then you're rewarded uh, not only there, but other interactive places with coins that you then track on your phone. But it doesn't say what the coins go to. But overall, it looks like such a neat experience. But uh I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I kind of want to hold on for now. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, you're, you're probably right. You probably will eventually leave, but I don't can want we, to can we just uh, take COVID canceling E3 off? Is that? Really I think big it's a big news? story. I think it's a really big story because it showed that E3 doesn't really need its conference. Like it worked so well. Just doing their streaming that they did. Yeah, but to the maybe it will cancels effect. E3 altogether. Yeah, to the same it effect really though, it, it's it's like, well, of course it got canceled, you know. Not yeah, not it's not necessarily that it got canceled. It's the the future through line on what that could be for E three in the next few years. Yeah, because instead See, of that's a good point though, is that um, like you were saying there, Preston, is that it's like yeah, this actually has proved that E three and other large events like this whether it is e3 gamescom packs whatever where we have video games shown off and um and new technology showed off and that yeah it's it's all moved to an online format and it works and we've actually i think you know instead of being dumped on with all this stuff or missing out on things we've had multiple events like almost every month throughout the summer into early fall where not only have the the developers and publishers been showing new stuff but you know we got all these drops on things with hardware with the xbox series x and s the playstation 5 and the all oh, digital the, the summer edition. ps5 event was so awesome yeah i mean especially with the where amount they of things that all we... the games yeah they they did so much i think that yeah exactly just as you said uh like you know Preston is that yeah this this really defined the fact that we don't need big in-person events but once we're out of what this situation is right now I wouldn't be surprised to see them come back but maybe in a smaller form than they had been you know in in the previous years what I would yeah, like I guess to we see... could probably cut it because it's more speculation at this point like what, what does this mean because Kyle's see... right of course they were canceling E3 
see, and I think what I would like to see come out of E3 is, yeah, maybe they could still do their their in-person conference, you know, in the future. But maybe that that is just for, you know, the developers and the bigwigs. But uh, do something for the players, too. continue to do the the online presence and you know show off the games show off you know your big conference events to everyone you know make it accessible so people can can feel like they can be there you know i actually thought it was more for the public than it was the rest of the industry as because Uh, they have access to things that we didn't really know about in the last 10 years it definitely was but it it started actually as specifically an industry conference right but Mm -hmm. it has completely changed since that oh yeah yeah i mean there was the addition of booth babes you know in the in the late 90s early 2000s and then there was the booth babe controversy and that the booth booth babe controversy happened you know about the time that they started making it more public and then it became a huge public thing you know, after that, it was all well, about the public. Well, if you remember, so. if you remember too, uh, especially when it became more public anyway, was um, you know G four was doing like you know stuff live on the on the floor and even on their um, you know even on their channel they were showing every single conference as well. So you Actually, were seeing G four covered the the first uh, public conference. I want to say. No, because public didn't happen until almost years after. Like, let's see, when did E3's E3... been going on for a long time, dude. Right, but but yeah, they but they've been covering it. They were covering it before it like opened up to the public because that. Uh, you oh know, yeah, that's no, been, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is they were covering it, but then they also covered it when it started to open up to the public, like. They were one of the first people to actually cover when they were around when that happened is what I'm saying. Yeah, what I was more referring to was that it was um, what I was talking about is that, you know, we got this crazy insider view with it. Of course, yeah, I've been out there for a while. You'd read stuff in, in magazines and that. And of course, whatever video you could possibly consume from the Internet. But G4 right. was out there and we were able to actually, you know, I remember actually having <clears throat> watch parties in my old apartment with uh, friends of mine where we'd set up the, you know, and actually find out what times the conferences were going to be on. It's like, okay, we've got the Microsoft one at this time. We've got the Sony one at this time. We've got the Nintendo one here. Here's when Bethesda is doing theirs. Here's when Ubisoft is doing theirs. And we could space it out and know like, okay, you know, we could hang out for a couple days at these hours and actually sit back and watch this stuff uh, basically in real time, you know? And, And that was where I think it led into them deciding to open it up to the public and then more of the chaos that went with it. But I think this may end up, I, I think with what's happened this year, I think it's going to change the industry because Sony had already branched off in years prior to doing their own thing. They said, no, we don't need E3 anymore. Nintendo did it before them. And now, I don't know. I mean, we, we get so many good things, I think, in well, online Well, Microsoft had even talked about doing their own thing. So it would just be like, E3 would be third-party publishers getting together and 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 throwing a conference. But but even so, third-party publishers and developers get way more uh, of the limelight when they're doing things like Gamescom and PAX. Like, you see so much more indie support at PAX than you do anywhere else. I mean, you see the big names there, but really, that's the big thing. So, I, I don't know. 
uh, maybe we see E3 going to the online only format and then PAX and Gamescom kind of picking up the the rest of it. I, I don't know. It's it's Are very keeping interesting. Keeping this or losing this? Look at how long we've been talking about it. It's like it I know. must be a big news story. It I don't know. Bit, if, uh... if we're talking about specifically COVID canceling E3, I think it should be gone. But talking about like what that means... Then I'll, I'll the change it industry. here specifically like instead. So, um, let's see. How about uh, changes to the industry uh, because of COVID-19? You know, uh, let's see. And I'll, I'll preface this. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. I, I, would, I would think it'd be just uh, the new, new uh, or this year's format for conferences it's possible we just have to yeah. kind of see what comes of this uh i mean even with that too with uh um with all these events getting canceled and moving to an online format one thing they've never done in years previous like they actually put demos out for these games on console so you could download these demos that are normally only available on the showroom floor uh to actually like check out and that expanded access to e3 and and i think some of these other ones who may have done that way more than it's ever <laughs> been expanded before you can't too. change this to changes in the industry that's so vague <laughs> okay how about this if the, you think about see. like think about like development problems and all the problems they've had with console launches because they can't yeah because covid19 okay how about that's this so then? vague because, okay, of course that's to... gonna win how about that okay that we'll better changes that. to industry events because of covid19 that's better okay I, I, you know what? Let's keep it for now. I, I think we did. I think Preston's right. We've talked about it quite a bit. I think it needs to stay on here just for, for now. Maybe some other stuff can be there. But we'll see. Um, Let's see. Uh, The EA Valve partnership uh, for branching out and adding EA games to Steam. I think, yeah, I think that one can go. I think that one... Maybe not necessarily was a long time coming because there were EA games on there for a long time. Um, and then EA, of course, pulled back to do their own platform with the integration with Origin and such. And then they realized, well, we maybe don't have as many people. So let's go ahead and throw an olive branch out and kind of integrate here. Um, and of course, we've seen it now where EA Play is integrated with Xbox Game Pass, too. I thought so that happened last year. What? I thought that happened in 2019 the the um the valve and ea yeah uh, i didn't think so i pulled this like what i was going through and looking at links of like what we've had in our uh news live stream docs i that was in one of them for this year so i'm checking now bring that back to me let's see uh valve and ea partnership this is a news thing here. i thought it was like but... november last year that that happened but i could be wrong Hmm, let's see. Uh, maybe you are right. How the fuck did I... Let's see. EA and Valve's partnership includes connecting Steam and Origin friends list. Let's see. EA is once again selling, offer EA access, game subscriptions. Uh, partnership starts next month. Let's see. Interesting. How the hell did this get mixed up in there? There must have been... Maybe... I remember that. Yeah, because uh, that was the... You had told me that was old news when I brought it up uh when we got to the end of the news that time uh my my new my news feed got messed up and oh, for some yeah. reason it was giving me old news that that week oh that's and fuck. that was the and that one article be... i 
Yeah, that was the one article I I couldn't weed out or something. Son of a bitch, and of course it had to make it here to this story list too. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> oh, damn it, Kyle. Wow, that one really came to haunt me. Yeah, that really came back here at the end of the year stuff. Uh, so if you guys aren't aren't aware yet, we are taking applications for anybody new who wants to come in and join the NPCs <laughs> podcast. Please make sure to drop an email to us uh, at the npcs.business at gmail.com. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll review it and get back to you. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's see here what else we can. Okay, I got one and you're not going to like it. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. G4 TV coming back. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. I, hold no. on, hold on. Let's That's it. a let's cool thing. But all it is is just an announcement. It's it it, has, it isn't actually uh, back yet. Like yeah, it's it's like a reveal not, trailer for it, a game. It, he's right. It's you know not back yeah. till next year. That's okay. That's I, I will give you I will give you the fair part. Yeah, is that is that at least in this year, just out of nowhere, that the G4 uh, not only it's a it's official Twitter account, but the other Twitter accounts for the shows all just start tweeting stuff out at random, you know, and and just saying like, all these different things. It's like, what is happening? And I follow uh, Blair. I've been following Blair Herder on Twitter ever since I had started up a Twitter account, and uh, he's one of the original um, kind of like uh, side hosts in that from Attack of the Show, and. You know, uh, nothing mentioned from him at all on stuff. And then, of course, this stuff all comes out. It turns out that he's like in charge of bringing all this stuff back. And and then, of course, we had the, uh, um, you know, we've had little bits and pieces of things arriving. And sure enough, they had this special um, honor around Thanksgiving uh, where they brought back a bunch of the old hosts, Adam Sessler, mm-hmm. Morgan Webb, Olivia Munn, Kevin Pereira, um, they didn't have Candace Bailey back. They did a little video thing with her, but Blair Herder was on there. And then, um, God, why do I always forget her name uh, from Cheat? Um, shit. But anyway, they had all of them there, of course. And it, it just watching them kind of talk about some of the old stuff, reliving some of the old things. God damn, it felt good. But yeah. you're absolutely right. In regards to a true technicality, it is not officially back because the channel does not exist yet again. Not so. to mention it was... Also, it's kind of stupid. It, All right, it moving also on. kind of gave wow, the impression you, that they Preston. were actually, actually, most of those guys were really coming back. Yeah, it sounds like that's the case, even though Olivia Munn has really kind of like drifted off because, you know, she had her small movie bit there in Iron Man 2. And then, of course, she was a main character in um, X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. You know, and I know she's done some other things there. (laughs) Yeah, she played Psylocke. Yeah. So anyway, okay, but no, first off, Preston, fuck you, because that's my childhood right there. And You know what? Are you ready hear... for this? It's going to fail. It's going to fail again within two years, I bet. As I long as they don't so. bring back reruns and cheaters, I think we're think, fine. Think about all the yeah. revivals of stuff that you used to love and how long each of them have lasted. Uh, please, please don't stomp on my dreams. <laughs> I know it's gonna bum you guys out, but it's gonna Please. fail again. Wow. Okay, we're moving on. I, we're moving I, on. I, hold on, no, we're no, moving no, 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 no. on. I want to address this. I want to address this right now. No, nope. Preston. <laughs> no, shut up, Kyle. Preston. I I get exactly where you're coming from, and don't worry. That thought has crossed my mind because ever since G4, uh, basically disappeared. Like a lot of the core content that they were doing, you know, uh, fell off the face of the earth, and everything finally shut down. What? we saw a spawn out of it where a lot of these other things, of course, you know, rooster teeth got much bigger. 
um, you know, not just doing red versus blue, but we had um, Achievement Hunter come out of it. Funhouse, of course, was purchased and brought into it. So, you know, we had that whole sect of things. Markiplier, Jacksepticeye, um, you know, Twitch really wasn't a thing. Justin TV was at that point in time, but now Twitch is one of the biggest things in the world. And, and we have all these different celebrities out of all of it. Tim the Tatman, Nick Merckx, uh, Dr. Disrespect, Dr. Lupo, Ninja, you know, all these things. So I see where you're going from with it, but just like Kyle was even going to, let's not crush dreams just yet either. <laughs> okay, I will not crush your dreams yet, but it's coming like a freight train, y'all. I know. I Next just, year I... might be G4 is canceled in biggest news. That's what I'm telling you. That's the, that's the point in time that you won't be able to actually ever get a hold of me, and I'll just be sitting in a corner <laughs> crying. Oh, I will not God. feel good that day. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so that's off the list now. All right, let's take a look at some other ones here. Uh, we should cut Nintendo source code leak. That was a that, big one. I, Yeah, that I guess. That was a huge one. It's only... It's big because Nintendo's so guarded with their that shit, and it's hard to break that shit. But I don't know. Well, what's and really the fact it? that it, there was so much, like, just not, not only just, like, uh, actual Nintendo code... But stuff that was unnecessary was leaked, and it was so damaging. We found out that Luigi was supposed to be in in, in uh, Super Mario 64. Like, they were able to actually piece it together and find his textures and everything, and they also... But what does uh, that really mean? Like, yeah. like, honestly, that's like... that's like It's it's like a little treasure chest full of Easter eggs, but is it really that big a deal? Well, the when biggest thing out of the that gaming it, industry... The biggest thing out of that leak, though, specifically, is the fact that not everything has even been shared yet. We haven't heard everything yet. That's true. Yeah, that's a big like only like people are holding ten percent of the thing. Uh, I don't even know exactly how much. I thought they, I thought I had, I thought I had seen something. It's like it's like ten percent of what they have. Possibly, yeah, I, I think it's only estimated like what they have ten or thirteen percent or something like that is what they of the estimated yeah. What so they have, like you know, so but, so the kind of summarize here I'm, I'm looking at it so here's what was overall leaked from that we have the source code for the n64 gamecube and the wii development repos for the game boy color boot rom and the game boy advance bios n64 tech demos uh development repo for the canceled net card peripheral for the game boy advance uh debugging material prototype source code and early designs for the pokemon video games dating back to the original game boy installments concept for an online mmo pokemon game uh based on fire red and leaf green an official Game Boy emulator, a development repo for the uh, Nintendo DS emulator, raw graphics to many Super Nintendo and Game Boy games, uh, unreleased games for the NES, Famicom, Game Boy, and Game Boy Color, and then games with source code and assets leaked is just fucking massive. Like a couple of things like uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, Star Fox 2, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, uh, Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, um, and stuff all the way again up through... Uh, you know, stuff on the Wii. And that's just uh, huge. But what's come of it? Well, that that's the thing. is like, I don't know exactly how to speak to this because I, I don't really, like, you know, I dig into the leaks just to a point to say it's like, okay, cool, that's that's something neat that they were doing and that's something neat that was hidden there and something that they that's weren't going to release in that. But, well, uh, I can actually answer to some of that. Um, and okay, that, that comes on the emulation side. Uh, with all the source code leaks, uh, they've actually been able to make huge strides in emulation, which would actually affect people that want to play their backup copies of games on uh, things like uh, the 
the Xbox Series X or S or the Xbox One if they if they choose to so, put their game into development. Yeah, mode. that's that is the biggest that's the biggest thing right there, Kyle. And that's what I'm I'm looking at this stuff on Wikipedia here is where. But wasn't that up, stuff but... already going on? Because you could already put Xbox S yes. and X into developer mode and still do that stuff. Yes, but um, this didn't affect whether or not that was going to happen. They have been in like pretty much over over the course of time, like kind of unsuccessful, especially with like the sixty four and the GameCube of making perfect perfect emulation. Though those two systems have been really hard, and part of it is because of the architecture, the sixty four and the GameCube is not only the architecture but the fact that the GameCube it it did a lot of weird crazy things that you don't normally see in in any console or computer for that matter so the way that even like software was written onto the 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 discs was just zany okay but so, 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 since PS5 and Xbox uh, Series X can emulate those games, I've actually seen them. Brandon showed me a video, actually, because he started playing old uh, 64 games on there. And so they've already solved they've that problem. Did that happen in that year? Did that happen in this yes, year? Or have they that, been working that, on that over the last few years? Within days, they were able to solve problems uh, with the emulation with 64 and GameCube. That That's okay. how quick it was because of okay. the source code leak. It was within days they had better okay. emulators that were out. Yeah, uh, the the article goes on here to actually even say that like the homebrew community is that, on top of this shit. Yeah, is that it's like the the actual damage to Nintendo is going to be more specifically like it, it's going to be minimal in regards to the actual financial side of things. Um, it, it's just because like you're talking about the fact that the Wii came out so long ago. Anyway, God, that hurts even to say too. Um, you know, the Wii came out long enough ago that um you know it's not something that's being sold right now but even every everything else here and just like you were even talking about there kyle is that yeah it's just it's going to enhance that emulation process and make things better but it also kind of introduces that gray area or that that interesting area because you're using that proprietary source code to make these things better you can't release it in the long run you're going to get nintendo's ass on you really quick uh, you know, yeah, for but I'm, it, I'm also looking at it in a positive light too. There's also a lot of negative lights. Like, um, you, you take this place, all this information to a place like China, where there's no copyright laws. They can make total clones of of those consoles now and sell them as their own, write games and and do their own stuff with them because they have all the assets now. So that that's where it can become really damaging because no one's there to, to stop. Can they? Like, how how good are they at it? Because you said it t- it takes some days for them to come out with better emulation things, and the shit coming out of China is still garbage. Well, yeah, I it's still going to be garbage, but it to the fact that they can now produce that stuff, you know, if if they so choose. That 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 that's like a darker side that you know is a darker potential of it. Yeah, I, I understand. You know, that you look part. at the lighter side. I, mean, I don't think this is a, um, I don't think this is not the like a big that, deal, but I don't think it's emulation within days. Yeah. So I mean, I it, there's a lot of big stuff that came out of that. I don't think that's top three of what we have left. 
I mean, there's a couple other things. Yeah, maybe we could cut that out of first, but I don't think that's going to be top three. But if you guys want to hold on to it, that's fine. Think about this. Uh, Game Freak and Nintendo have have already had to go after, like, PETA and uh, what was was it? South Korea uh, for uh, phony versions of Pokemon, you know? And now all the Pokemon code's out there, so people could just make you know, exact clones, not just close clones, but exact Trip, what the clones, fuck are you doing? willy-dilly. <laughs> what? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Keep highlighting and going back one space on the goddamn documents. Okay. I'm, getting ready I'm to sorry. All I, these I had to things. go on a rant. That, that to me, that's major news. So, <laughs> uh, let's, let's hold on to it for now. Let's hold okay. on to it. Uh, just, I know we've got only a few other stories here, really, but yeah. Um, Travis, you're gonna hate me. What's up? I I didn't really think Doctor Disrespect was big news. <laughs> I honestly, so I think it was big news, and it, it's still well. It's I mean, it's big news for you, but it, I, it's not I even big. Really, well, it's yeah. more big news in regards to the actual industry, anyway, because we had this whole we had this whole situation where people were getting. Uh, banned off of Twitch permanently for indiscretions, whether it was indiscretions within their like community, you know, like um, taking advantage of their community members, you know, sharing photos and that a lot of the underage stuff that was going on, um, you know, and it wasn't limited, of course, just to Twitch, but we had folks over at Rooster Teeth who were outed for doing stuff like that, who were let go. Uh, we had people in the YouTube space who had the same thing happen to them. You know, there's all these big things and we had understandings of why they were banned, you know, why they were let go to this day. We still have no information on to exactly why this, that why Dr. Disrespect was banned from Twitch only three and a half months after signing an exclusivity agreement with them for millions of dollars like that that just doesn't happen that you don't just ban one of your most popular streamers after signing that agreement and then three months goes along you know without some sort of cause and i'm sure there's probably something in some type of agreement or whatever you know some type of contractual agreement anyway that has to go through the legal chains that we may not even actually get a resolution to by the end of the year but it's big enough news that it's like why, after three and a half months of signing this, you're banning him? What did he do? What did he say? And everything is still speculation to this point. Uh, but, of course, now he's made his home on YouTube, and he's streaming there three times a week. Um, I see it as a big story. I'm arguing it for being a big story. But compared to some of the other ones here, it's definitely not the biggest story of the year. So I'm just arguing my side of it anyway. Mm. But that, that's the thing. I mean, I know nobody, not everybody likes Dr. Disrespect. He can definitely be a handful of a streamer for sure and there are times that i have to tune out from him as well when i when i actually can watch him but it's it's still one of those very interesting things in the light of everything that happened in in the the gaming community this year that there's no real reason or explanation as to why this occurred i i think part of that though is uh him not not coming out and telling everyone uh because i'm sure they they probably have come out and told him right but again because of the contractual stuff the nda stuff that has yeah. to go on behind the scenes and, and the legality of things though too there's a lot that's still happening that you yeah. know yes if he knows yeah, it th- that's there's cool, probably but he a won't lot be able of to say. 
legal gray murkiness that no one wants to step in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so far we haven't really heard anything yet. I mean, he's not he's not a a personality free from controversy. I mean, we had the thing at E3 2019 where he had his camera guy follow him into a bathroom, into a public bathroom yeah. there. Um, he got, I think, a small ban even prior to that for something else, too. I can't remember what it was, but not a, not a permaban. So that's why it's like it was definitely a big thing this year, and it's still a mystery that has yet to be solved. But he's on YouTube. He can still be watched. He's still making a ton of money. Still got all those sponsorships galore, and it's just, yeah. But anyway, that, that was my argument, at least on the case there. I I can see the reason, though, of course, compared to a few others here, why it can be uh, kicked off the list. I think it was like something interesting that happened for that week or month or however long you really thought about it. And then it, it happened. It's done. It doesn't really enter my mind anymore. There's no lasting impact on the industry for that one for me. But I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's fair. You know, it, it comes and goes, you know, so it's, it's, it's all good, man. I'll just knock it off of here. So now, where are we at? You can cut Nintendo land now. Don't worry, Preston. We'll take, we'll take an NPC's field trip to, to Japan or even out to so California cool. when they get it built. Go check it, it out. It looks okay. so fucking cool. It does look really cool. Yeah. Um, I think... I think you should also cut Twitch DMCA issues. Yeah, that was going to be my next recommendation there because that's been a nightmare all on its own. And honestly, that's where like I'm going to I'm going to pin it as about 75, 25 with 75 percent of the blame being on Twitch and 25 percent on the streamers. Because that almost seemed like a nature of the beast kind of thing like that's that shit's just going to happen. Right. Yeah. It's like if you're going to play if you're going to play music that is that right. is not royalty free or a, under a creative commons license or anything like that yeah you're going to get hit hard and the fact that you know it's like people didn't realize this and you've got to go they had to go and dump years of vods and it wasn't that twitch had to go do it it was basically saying you have until this day as a twitch streamer to go and dump these this many vods or uh, that that's it you have to suffer the wrath of the dmca So it's just it's still even an ongoing thing because they still have not fully fleshed everything else out. Um, and there's still problems going to it to this day anyway. But yeah, it, it is the nature of the beast. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, the Blizzard founder. Uh, we should cut that. Yeah, I think so, too. It's yeah. a cool thing because they want to do something that's cool. much more labor-friendly. It would have been more cool if they were like, hey, we left and made a new company, and we got this really cool game to show you. That actually would, that have, would been, have been, I think, huge news. Yeah, that would have been, I think, what would have definitely kept them going, you know, in the news cycle for sure, at least. Because, yeah, we, we don't know anything other than Mike Morhaime started up the company. Of course, he hasn't been with Blizzard for uh, a couple of years now, and brought in a bunch of the old devs from the the old blizzard days to help make stuff and sure enough it's uh, they're chugging along with something you know but don't we see something tangible it's kind of like okay well let's just keep our uh keep our hopes a little bit lower for now okay well let's see here what do we think next then guys 
I don't think Cyberpunk's going to make it anymore. That's still such an ever-evolving thing here now, too. That That's still ongoing. And, and you know, by the time this episode releases, of course, it's, um, you know, we'll be past the Monday point anyway um, of the the return time frame. We're supposed to see patch, like this this first patch drop to hopefully re- resolve issues reported on the last-gen consoles. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll be behind, of course, when the episode comes out anyway, because who knows what will what will break next. But maybe it'll lots. be better next week, Sherm. <laughs> I will tell you if it is. Um, I think the uh, new console launch problems. Uh, I don't think it's. I, think I don't that's think it's a gonna big make fucking it. deal. <laughs> it's a big deal, but I think one of the reasons it's such a big deal is it's been showcased a lot because everyone's at home. That is, so I think, everyone's a connected to the internet all the time. So now we all have to have cameras. So now we can all show off, you know, what what's going on with our new Xbox One or, or with, with our new Xbox Series X or, you know, our, our Xbox Series S. You know, we can show what's going on with our PS5. Yeah. And then even on the distribution side, too, where pre-orders were so swamped down that a lot of people couldn't get a pre-order anyway. You know, th- this is not new to the industry. Uh, it's there this are... bad though. Xbox, PS4, and Xbox One weren't this bad. But the fact the... that Coles had to send back its shit because they over pre-ordered. The fact that bots are buying up pre-orders in four minutes before anybody else can get one. The fact that people are scalping them and then selling them for three times as much online. The fact that COVID slowed down production so they can't even keep up with that shit. Like it's huge how fucked Scalping up. Scalping has always been bad. It's huge now. Xbox One and PS4 weren't that bad. COVID. I think the biggest no, difference they, though, they weren't, but it it was different. It was different then, you know. That's what I'm saying. The, this is a bigger deal. Right. These consoles, the biggest... like that. That's why you're again. You can't say that it happens with everyone because this one's a bigger deal because this is a different in the middle of a pandemic and. It, and well, it wasn't Sorry, even just it wasn't even just the consoles either. Um, you know, Kyle and I in the PC space, we've got uh, GPU sh- shortages. Ugh, can't even speak. GPU shortages. We've got CPU shortages because of the the exact same thing going on with uh, mm-hmm. with bots that are sweeping in and doing this. And what really totally. frustrates me, you know, what I think it actually should stay here. Uh, but what really frustrates me is that the companies are fully aware that this was going to happen. Like the companies are fully aware and there have always been mechanisms in place to help prevent these types of things from happening. Because with this year alone, since you are having more people spend time at home, they're getting more and more creative in how they're developing their tools to be able to bypass these systems to either lock people out of being able to get on the pre-order train or to actually order one in the first place now that we're past the pre-order side of things. There there are things out there to be able to go ahead and at least get past the I, you know, or to, to help stop, like, you know, the I'm not a bot, you know, identify these pictures here or um, requiring some other sort of authentication to be able to to confirm such because it's just it's an absolute disaster. Yeah, the absolute whole circumstances mess. of the year have changed. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is that it's like because the circumstances of the year have changed is that it should have bigger changed. Story. It should not have changed the mentality of the of the console manufacturers and AMD and NVIDIA to 
you know, to not have prepped better for this. And of course, I'm going to actually call this out big time is that Walmart really dropped the fucking ball when they said, hey, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and let you guys order the PS5 now instead. And that sent not only a mad rush of traffic to their website, but also pissed off Sony. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you know what? If they're going to go ahead and do it, then we'll go ahead and do it now too instead. And it, it, I think that's what ruined things even more was that you've got the retailers who aren't in sync with each other and just completely like botched everything there. And it doesn't mean that it was going to be successful anyway because we saw that Microsoft didn't have anything like that happen with the Series X and S, but it's still just a nightmare that I feel like not only with coordination with the retailers, but these guys have development teams that could have put something in the websites that made it so that we, we wouldn't have these massive fucking problems with, with bots buying everything up. And it's a culmination of all of it, man. Like there's so much that goes into it. There it is just makes it such a shit show. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I really don't feel like the, the shortage part is one thing here. I feel like they had enough produced. It's the bots that just really screwed everything over. But what I'm very grateful for right now are the the developers and code writers who have stepped up to screw over the scalpers as much as they can, you know, to, to that's another story that comes their, out of it too. Like that's yeah, really to fucking overinflate cool. the to overinflate the prices true. by auto bidding on on things on eBay to make the price so exorbitant that it can't even be sold to uh, people who are just using like Facebook Messenger, you know, using the marketplace and that, seeing someone selling a PlayStation Five for nine hundred bucks and getting them to to go and try to sell it someplace else, um, you know, and, and and fuck around with them, you know, it's like, oh, here, meet me at the but gas station, the I'll do side, it. You, know? you you have scalpers that are that are actually going out and and posting and bitching that you know that they're that you know it's it's tough shit for people that they're you know, this is how that they have to make their living or whatever. And this is how they put food on the table for their kids that, you know, it's sad that some kids don't get a PS five, but you know, it's even more sad if a kid doesn't get a meal, I think is how someone put it. Well, that, that's so, okay. But that's a shitty yeah, argument. But to get your though. living yeah. off of the suffering of other people. That makes them a fucking asshole. Oh yeah, yeah no, I'm 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 not totally. Yeah, I'm not be, fighting yeah. for these people. Yeah. They're pieces oh, of shit. I was like, I was yeah, like fuck those on, guys. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like preying on other people and then arguing that the fact that you preying on other people doesn't work and you can't feed your kids. That's not a other people problem. And, well, and I gotta especially be honest, the fact that these people are actually paying to yeah. join a group yeah. to actually do this. So I'll see, like I'll seize on a good deal. You know, I'll jump up on a good deal wherever I can find one if, if it is something that I really want. But I'm not going to do something there that that jeopardizes whatever it is that goes on with my kids anyway, you know, especially in that form, because that just makes me a shitty parent. And I should have my kids taken away from me if I ever acted like that, you know. Right. That's, so, you know what? Fuck it. That's staying on the list. The console launch okay. problems. That I, includes I'll the culmination of, of, that the, of the just COVID. Out of, well, just out of curiosity, of, what is everyone's three? Right here, from what we have left. What would you pick for your three? I would pick uh, Xbox buys Bethesda, the console launch problems, and more so because of the ramifications of things going on right now um, with this is the Apple versus Epic Games fight on Fortnite. Those are the three I would choose as well, actually. Wow. See, and I I still that, feel like... That's a big deal. Uh, it... It's Nintendo source code leak for me has got to be on there, but I think Xbox buys Bethesda and Apple and Epic. 
Yeah, because the Apple Epic thing is still ongoing, but the ramifications for it are not just uh, for whatever's going to happen there with with uh, Fortnite on the on any uh, iOS device. What you're talking about is what Apple and I mean, this isn't even just Apple. This is also uh, Google with the Google Play Store on Android Mm -hmm. devices is that you're talking about the fight for how much of a cut Apple and Google take from app developers who do sell stuff, you know, um, and, and also not only sells like sell an app, but also sell stuff in game because their terms of like their terms and conditions say, it's like, if you want to have something on our platform and you want to sell something in that application itself, you have to use our payment system. And this all began because Epic decided to go ahead and bypass that and say, you know what? You can just buy V bucks here. We'll go ahead and let you have the savings instead of letting Apple have it. And that's kind of what fucked things over. And of course we're, also seeing uh, Microsoft and Google take these roundabout approaches to actually putting Xbox uh, Game Pass and the, the game streaming as well as Stadia onto Apple devices by going through some sort of um, actual web page to do it instead of releasing an application just because of the, the chaos that goes on with that. I'm, so, yeah, I, that, this yeah, is my number one, yeah. actually. This That's is your number biggest... one? Yeah, that, I think that is such a huge deal what they're fighting for. That's potentially billions of dollars at play. Yeah, because it's not just between games. development You're... and and the games and their publishers making their money versus just right. greedy ass. But it's not even that. And... Spotify's involved in the in the fight too. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, you've got yeah. yeah, you got a bunch of others there. And then of course there's things that they've tried to do that says okay, we'll only take X amount of a cut up to X amount of users or something like that. And it's like wait a minute. So it's 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 like they they tried something, but it's like they half tried. Yeah, yeah. This is so, my number one, but yeah, I would you know I would say in my order, I think it would be because the ramifications are going to be ongoing here, especially in this fight, because there's huge um, antitrust lawsuits and investigations going on through Congress right now, uh, specifically at Apple and Google over some of their practices. Apple specifically over its storefront. Um, this is going to be going on for a while. So I would say, yeah, Apple Epic Games fight over Fortnite at number one for me. Uh, console launch it sounds like that saying two. changes to the events, though. Yeah, and so three is going to be Xbox buys Bethesda. Actually, I'm with you, Sherman. That's my order, too. Um, so if you cut COVID... Then... The, well, the specifically one that changes to the industry because yeah, yeah. you've got so much more of an ability to stream content and actually bring that content up. I think it's, it it was just, a it was finally solidified in a way that you could watch stuff on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch and get the same content and, you know, uh, still feel like, you know, you're at least a part of it in one way. You're, you're getting the exact same amount amount of experience without actually having to do the physical traveling. So there's that. The reason I think the console launch is bigger than Nintendo. Like, I, I see the effect of that on the industry right now. The Nintendo source code leak, I don't see that as much as the effect of what's having or the effect of, on the people right now. But Kyle really likes that one. I think the only effect that it's going to really have coming up here, and this is where it's like, you know, I agree with Kyle on this one, is that we're going to see the, the revolution in what emulators are actually going to be able to do should someone decide to proceed forward with with using the actual code and releasing the distro out, whether it's in 
um, just like, you know, some sort of code that's already, that's been put together and compiled, or if it's a application you download, that's, you know, an actual emulator application, you know, it's going to have well, big ramifications that, for that. Yeah. Like I said, there, there's the whole dark side of it. Uh, plus there, there's the whole thing that, uh, like Presta was saying, he, he thinks it's 10%. I, I was thinking it, it's like between 10 and 13% is the number I thought I saw. So, um, is what's out. So we don't even know what else is out there yet. And, you know, and they've said some of it is just some of what's out there right now is just like seating charts for what's on one floor of a of one of Nintendo's buildings, you know? And it's like, that's really weird. Why are we seeing this? And, and that's part of the 13%, 10%, whatever the number is. Like, what's in the rest of it? Um, yeah, but without knowing, I mean, I don't know. But that that's part of the, that's also part of it for me for the Xbox uh, buys Bethesda is that, you know, until we find out what what's going on, what with the games that are currently in development for for other consoles, you know, beyond that, what what's to happen with the future of Bethesda games? Are they only going to be on Xbox? Is Xbox going to sell rights to the games like they do Minecraft? You know, uh, how how will this work? To me, that's a bigger deal than emulation of Nintendo source code. For old Nintendo games. I don't know. I, 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 for me, I, I guess the source code thing is big because I, I you've convinced me that's bigger than stuff. So you've convinced me that's bigger than than when I first wanted to cut it. You've convinced me that it was a bigger deal than that. I think, yeah, you, you make a good point that it is a big deal. I just don't think it's bigger than those three, but sure. What what are you thinking? Well, I think the major ramifications with the Nintendo source code leak, of course, aren't going to really be anything monetary for Nintendo, uh, because we have all seen it in the news over many years now on how quick Nintendo's legal team moves to protect their IPs, protect their assets. I have a feeling they're going to have to increase the size of their legal team. (laughs) They probably are. But you think those lawyers in Japan are like hard hitting, so they may not even have to. They get they just. I think if you get a, a cease and desist from Nintendo, you just you have to shut down. Like like there there there's no there's no if ands or buts about it because Nintendo yeah, is so abrasive. This year, oh yeah, especially with that Cooking Mama, um, that was yeah that was released when it wasn't supposed to be. That was yeah, a whole Nintendo other jumped all over their ass too. Yeah, I think yeah. something like Nintendo this would be don't quick fuck around though, isn't it? What I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if still, it is. I don't remember if it got pulled. Did yeah, because I bought it. I bought a copy of it, and it's still sealed. And I, I'm fairly certain I looked it up on GameStop, and it's still out. So, I wasted money. <laughs> <laughs> remember, I'll our, never open and play that game. Remember, I bought Cyberpunk 2077, and I'm dealing with that though too. So you need to make sure you keep that wrapped in the cellophane on fun. your shelf, and you oh, resell that shit. I bought Man Eater. You know? Suck my dick. <laughs> I oh I bought Shenmue like a month and a half ago. I okay, bought Shenmue three. You win. Yeah, you win. It was in the clearance bin. It was in the clearance bin. Yeah, we can cut the source code leak. All right then. 
It is a big one. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I I had to put it on like you know on here because this was such a big deal. Um, like, could you imagine just, though if like they they have seating charts for f- some of the floor plans and stuff? That's really weird. Like, what if they have all the financial records for the company and stuff? Yeah, that's really scary. But it depends on it's how weird. far back yeah. that goes because even those financial yeah. records going that far back, it's it's like what is it going to be damaging to the company then? If it's if it's personnel information where you're talking about whatever their social security style numbers are in Japan, getting out you know salaries, wages, and stuff. Um, you know, personally identifiable information getting out. That's definitely a big issue. Uh, but with the source code stuff in that, where I'd like to see things actually go, and this is where one of those things that's like, I'm sure it's got to be agreement signed with Nintendo and such too. But uh, one of the key things that the Wikipedia article uh, laid out was a comment from someone talking about the preservation of video games talking about the preservation of these classic titles that may not necessarily be able to happen. And by having the source code and being able to compile it to actually be able to run these old games in one fashion meets a historical need uh, to be able to keep these available for generations to come, you know, kind of like looking at what the library of Congress uh, does with the the archiving of, of movies and TV shows and audio and books and all these things that they put in there. Of course, it's not everything, but, video games kind of go that way. And you look at it as an example right now is that flash is officially dead. Flash is going to be like full on gone at the end of this month. And then that's it. So, and all these flash games, technically it already had its last update. It did. It did a, about a week and a half ago, I think. But you think that flash being dead means that all these flash games that have actually had a pretty big um, hit to, like like gaming in general, what, even though they're just little casual games you're just playing on there, they've had such an impact on things for for all three of us. You know, you got to think about those days back in like junior high and high school. You know, you got time to kill. There are flash game sites you could get to through uh, the the school internet and actually go and play those just to just to kill time, and they were fun. Um, you know, that's stuff that has to be looked at and preserved, and at least in one fashion or another. You know, especially the the very recognizable ones, the ones that had some sort of cultural significance, th- this is going to kind of lean into that same way. So I think that's where that, I-, I agree with that comment there about it being something that deals with preservation, but it's going to be interesting to see what Nintendo may say about that. Nintendo may just be doing everything in-house themselves anyway with how meticulous the leak was, but we'll just have to watch out with some of these big video game museums to see what they are able to do. <clears throat> But yeah, I think with that off the Man, list, you can only get to the Flash games. What do you mean? <laughs> I can. Man, we were playing Counter Strike and like I, Quake Three down in the drafting lab. The only thing I was able to do, I had Halo Combat Evolved running in the um, uh, what was it in our classroom for where we were learning local area networks and computer hardware. So we had that working there because that was kind of almost a given um i did have um i did have america's army working in the rotc hall so that was uh that was fun to not talk about <laughs> oh yeah no i but, i i had i had increased the size of my folder and i had a bunch of games installed on my folder so we kept installing them onto the drafting yeah. lab computers but i i use that time period because you think about our access to the internet at that point in time and how flash games were kind of just that really that big thing to at least have access to um 
it's just one of those that kind of leads into the preservation and, and what we might see come of the Nintendo source code. But that's that's up to Nintendo to decide. But even with that all yeah. said, I think the three stories we got here for the year, um, and even the year's not done yet, are by far probably the biggest ones here. So shall we wrap it up, gentlemen? Good to go. I think so. Well, then. So on our list for biggest news stories of 2020 in third place we have xbox buying bethesda which honestly we didn't even talk about that one at all it just made its way there uh in the number two spot, the point like it's like we don't really know what's going to come of it yet we don't really know the specifics true. we just know it's a big deal that they have it true yeah they've got games that are still in development for other consoles right now and after that, we don't even know if the next Elder Scrolls is going to be a uh, Xbox exclusive. Well, Xbox PC exclusive. True. Yeah, because uh, Deathloop comes out next year for PS5 in like January right. or February, and that's Bethesda. Yeah, yep. it'll be really interesting. Yep. So we'll see what comes of that one. And the number two spot has been the myriad of console launch problems all the way through manufacturing. Uh, announcements of the consoles, pre-orders, purchasing, scalping, bots, the the whole nine yards, and that is still being suffered to uh, to this day. And last but not least, in the number one spot of biggest news story for 2020 is the Apple and Epic Games fight over Fortnite and what we will see as the future of games and other applications and their purchases on our uh, mobile device storefronts. That's a big fucking deal, man. It is. It's going to be a big deal for all of us going forward, especially seeing how these uh, developers make their money. So, maybe but, Apple will kill Fortnite. That'd be great. Apple kills Fortnite. <laughs> Apple's what <laughs> does them in. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Sure. Enough. I was in and support we'll of the. And, and, I was in support of labor there for a second, but I don't know. Man. You know, it's gonna. Yeah, and, and by that Fortnite, time, we'll get. You know, it's gonna happen by that point in time if they go and kill Fortnite is when we'll get another Bullet Storm game. Okay, so just. We'll just wait and see oh, how things go oh, there. Okay, me, you're getting my fuck. Okay, the way you're feeling about G4, I feel about Bulletstorm. Don't get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Bulletstorm is so cool. I love oh. that game. <laughs> and that as, game uh, needs a sequel. And as Preston right, goes sure, to uh, sign off and uh, change his pants here, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us in our biggest news story award for 2020 here with us, the NPCs. You can check us out on anchor.fm slash the-npcs-podcast. That is obviously the home of our podcast. You hear me talk about it every week. Please go there. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. we got links to all of those ones on there. Go do it now. We're also on social media on Twitter and Facebook at the NPCs Podcast. Make sure to follow us on there, too, for the love of God. Please follow us on there. We're also on YouTube at the NPCs Podcast. You can get links to that on our Facebook and Twitter page and our Anchor.fm page on Friday nights, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. If you're not already watching us, and I don't know why you're not watching us yet, Kyle and I do a weekly video game news roundup talking about that week's video game news, providing our commentary on it, and looking, of course, to your commentary, too. So please make sure to join us again, 8 p.m. Mountain Time, both on Facebook and on YouTube. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We will catch you all in the next episode. Laters. Bye-bye.